Hello, and welcome to Fresh Blood, a podcast about killing it after 40, where we prove that new blood does not necessarily equal young blood. Here to discuss what it takes to have continued success through life, I'll be your host, Jolie Downs. With over 20 years of executive recruiting experience, I've learned how much we can grow and be inspired by other people's stories. I'm excited to share that with you here on Fresh Blood. Today, we are speaking with Rachel Tamayo. Rachel is a former 911 emergency operator and police dispatcher. After 12 years in those dark depths, she gained a unique insight into mental illness, human behavior, and the general darkness of humanity that she now likes to weave into her books. Originally an exclusive romance author, she tried her hand at thrillers in her award-winning novel, Crazy Love. She loved it so much, she decided to keep going with the thriller category. I am so looking forward to learning more. Rachel, please, could you tell us a little bit about your journey as a 911 emergency operator into becoming an international best-selling? Uh, yeah, yeah, I was, it's funny because I grew up actually wanting to be a police officer. Oh, interesting. Uh, it's from, I want to say maybe junior high. Mm-hmm. I wanted to be a police officer. And the, as I got into my later high school years, I realized how dangerous it was. And I decided I I wanted to have a family and how dangerous that was. And I wasn't sure what was going to happen. Just life goes on. And believe it or not, there's not a terrible lot of qualifications as far as applying for a dispatch position a position opened up in my hometown so i have a an abundance of customer service experience uh-huh. and i use that experience and i just fit the position really well and um and i was the first person that the department actually hired that had no experience oh wow what do you think what do you think helped in your personality for this type of role it's just a very specific personality type. I would say I'm not a real emotional person. I don't get carried away with other people's feelings. I can sympathize with them without feeling their feelings, which some people just can't do. Like yeah. I'm not one of those people that's going to cry with you. Mm-hmm. I'm going to, I'm going to sit there with you and I'll talk you through it and I'll help you, but I'm not going to cry with you. Yeah. And that's what they need at that point. Exactly. I can turn off my feelings. I can shut my emotions down. And it's just a lot of things like that. And you have to be able to turn off your own feelings and deal with them later, which is a bit of a dangerous game to play, actually. Mm-hmm. This is actually what causes PTSD in the long run is doing that. You have to go back and revisit those feelings or you do get PTSD. Oh, interesting. So then you would deal with those feelings just at a later time that was obviously not in the crisis moment. Exactly. Cause while you're dealing in, the, you're in the middle of the crisis, you can't break down because you have to keep, you have to keep your head together. You have to think you have to be able to make very rapid fire decisions that people's lives, officers lives depend on. And now, I'm curious, did they give any advice to people who may have come into this role 
who did not have that quality <laughs> immediately to help them manage emotions? Yeah, I was a trainer and you can tell after a while you try to help them walk through it and we would tell them training to do this job is the hardest thing you will ever do. It is the absolute most difficult thing that I ever had to learn to do. And really, it was the most hard, the hardest thing I've ever had to learn to do. What made it, I'm imagining what made it difficult, but let me tell me what, what made it. The stress level is just, as just astronomical. And it's the fact, it's the, the training because you have a trainer on your back telling you have to do this, you have to do this, you have to do this. And just the knowledge of knowing the weight of your decisions. And you're so new to it, you're, you're not seasoned. Basically, yeah, you're not used to it. Once you've you have to be in it for at least a year before you get used to it, before you start becoming comfortable in your own skin and the decisions that you're making. Mm-hmm. That's a big deal too, and what, what you're doing is a big deal. So it's not like you're sitting behind a computer and the mistake you made was on a draft <laughs> that went right. out. Yeah. So I can imagine, how did you deal with that pressure going through that first year and learning everything? How did you deal with those feelings? There was times when I was, I thought that I couldn't do it. When I would go home in tears and I would just think I'm going to fail. I'm not going to make it. And they would even tell me that you have trainers that tell you, if you don't get through this, you're not going to make it. It's horrible. It's just, and then you do have that one trainer. You'll have that person that pulls you aside and says, Hey, you can do this. This part is actually harder. This is harder. Once you get through this part, you'll sit down and you don't have the stress of the training on you. It's like a weight lifts off of you, Mm -hmm. even though you still have the stress of the job, but the training itself is just 10 times, makes it 10 times worse. Yeah, yeah, I thought I was going to fail. And I think everybody that's ever been through that, been through the training feels that. So what kept you going? Because that takes a lot to keep going when you're feeling that way. I didn't want to fail. It was like the one thing you've always wanted to do. Yeah. You want to at least see it through to the end. I didn't want to be the one to walk away from it. Good for you. Good for you. That's awesome. Yeah. So now what, when did you start writing? How did that come about? I wrote when I was a kid. I started writing as a kid. Like when I was little, I would write little silly stories and read them to my friends and to my family and this and that. And as a teenager, I was writing too. I was writing entire books as a teenager, but I would just write them and then put them in the closet. Oh, wow. So it was always- and, yeah, it, I, I was always doing it. I was not necessarily good at it then, but I was always doing it. And then I always wanted to be published. It was, but that was before in the internet and it was a lot more difficult and you had to go get those big fat books with mm-hmm. how to get published and go through lists of publishers and all their, it was a lot harder back then because you didn't have, and I wanted to be published. I was no, nowhere near ready. And at some point I, life happened and I got married and I had kids and I just stopped. Mm-hmm. And my husband never even knew that I wrote. And oh. it was always in the back of my mind. I used to lay in bed at night and, and I would just, Think, think of my stories in my head and write in my mind. And you, some years went by and I was like, one of these days I got to get back to writing. And I was in my mid thirties. I want to say 36, 37, something like that. And I decided to start writing again. I love it. And I was on night shift. I had just been put on night shift at work and I had nothing to do in the middle of the night. And I figured, you know what? I'm just going to start writing and see how it goes. And I started writing and I I found some other people online to help me improve my writing. And 
And it just about a year, two years, a year or two later, I got published. That's wonderful. You wanted to be a writer, so you started writing. <laughs> and that's what it's about. Yeah. You start doing what it is that you want to be. Couldn't stop. Yeah. That's fantastic. And, so, and then you found help on the internet through networks. So how, what did you do to find help on the internet? I, it's hard for a writer to take their writing to people, if, especially in the beginning yeah. that they know, to criticize it. To say, I want to be better. Tell me what's wrong with this. And then you know that your friends are going to be scared to tell you what's wrong with it. So there's a website doing the research I was doing. It's called Critique Circle. Mm-hmm. CritiqueCircle.com. And there's free versions and there's paid versions. It's really inexpensive. It's basically a website where you can, there's other writers on there. There's there's amateur writers. There's professional writers. There's all kinds of writers on this website. Where basically you, you take your own writing and you post it chapter by chapter. And other writers go through your chapter and critique your writing. Amazing. Like line by line. And they earn points to post their own work. By, critis- by critiquing your work. That's great. Yeah, of course you have to take it with a grain of salt because there's always, you know, the, the occasional jerk on there that's just mean. But mm-hmm. for the most part, I ran into really great comments and I was able to really make amazing corrections and find my voice and realize I didn't know that I was writing in both past and present tense. And I didn't realize and pointed it out to me, I was able to fix it and make it better and find who I was using this assistance and it made a huge difference and I don't use it anymore but I did for a couple of years and I really highly recommend it because they're strangers you don't have to worry about showing your work to anybody that you know and you can get outstanding feedback that's really great I wonder if there's websites like this for other industries because that's a brilliant plan really I love that I know so now what when did you decide to make the leap to only writing? I do have a full-time job. I just don't dispatch anymore. For oh, okay. So what are you doing now? Right now, I actually dispatch for a, a HVAC company. Okay. I got out of law enforcement because I was developing PTSD oh, after yeah. I did the last really big call that I worked was the Santa Fe school shooting. And I was in an indirect dispatcher. Okay. I wasn't working as a Santa Fe dispatcher, but another agency called me because the agency I worked for had a a joint response SWAT team, Mm -hmm. which means our, our SWAT team has multi agencies. We have three or four agencies SWAT team and they called us and I answered the phone. And they said, we need you to dispatch your SWAT team. We have an active shooter in Santa Fe High School. Oh, jeez. And I was the one that answered the phone. And I just stopped. For a moment, I was just like, "Are what? And I've had active shooter training. I've been dispatching. At this point, I've been dispatching for about 11 years. And I've had active shooter training. I've had active shooter training with a SWAT team inside a school on scene as a dispatcher. And, And I was just like dumbstruck. I was like, yeah, I was like in night, like right now. And she's yes. And I was like, he's still in there. Yes. Right now. Active. Mm -hmm. So I had to hang up and dispatch the SWAT team and our SWAT team responded and assisted in 
stopping that shooter. Oh, God, that's just a horrifying situation. It was awful. Yeah, I'm so sorry. How did you deal with going through PTSD? A lot of people experience PTSD, and they don't know how to deal with it. Is there anything that you did that was that helped you? I think the key thing for me was I caught it early enough before mm-hmm. it became a big problem. Because mm-hmm. I saw the signs of it. Yeah, and, you recognized it. Yeah. I recognized that it was becoming a problem, and in seeing that, I was struggling with calls that I shouldn't be struggling with and that I didn't used to struggle with mm-hmm. and just things like that. And at the time I had, my son was five years old and I was just terrified to send him to school. Yeah, like, That's not normal. Shouldn't be feeling like that either. And things like that. When I'm like, I, I can't for my own mental health. I got two small kids to take care of. I think I've been doing this for long enough. It was a really hard decision to make. Yeah. It was a very difficult decision because I was good at it. I was really good at it. And when I finally, it took me a while to find something else in the general vicinity of what I was doing that was halfway comparable to the skills I had. The assistant chief of police called me into his office and asked me why I was leaving. He said, I really hate to lose a good dispatcher. Why are you going? And I explained to him why. And he's a sell- he told me, I, as much as I hate to lose a dispatcher as good as you are, because I've won awards. I've got multiple awards for dispatching. He said, I wish that everybody had the sight yeah. that you have to protect your mental health. Mm-hmm. Because he says, there's officers that are working here right now that are completely burnt out because they didn't do what you're doing right now. Yes. No, that's wisdom right there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was right. And I realized when he said that I was doing the right thing. Yeah. No, you need to protect yourself. And recognizing it early, that that took a lot of wisdom within yourself to be able to recognize it early mm-hmm. and then do something about it. Because a lot of times right. we might recognize it, but shove that down. <laughs> I guess we're not quite ready to deal with it. So and that's honestly, mm-hmm. as, as recently as, as up to probably about a year ago, I've had opportunities to go back. And wondered if I had made the right choice. And I realized I don't want to go back because I'm afraid of what it would do. Mm-hmm. And I realize I'm done. It's just now that I'm realizing I made the right choice. Yeah. It was such a struggle because it was such a huge part of who I was and what I, when it changed me so much doing that for so long, I, I was afraid that I'd made the wrong decision. But now I know that I didn't. That's great. And thank you for what you did there too, because that is what you're doing is an incredibly important job. So thank you for the time that you did that. And I noticed that you mentioned how you took a lot of what you learned about human psychology and and applied that to your books. Could you share, like, what are some of the things that you learned from about humans or human psychology by being a dispatcher? I think a big part of what I learned is basically everybody reacts so differently. No two people react the same way to the same. And everybody thinks that they know, which I touched on this in Carnal Knowledge. Actually, my mother book that came out last year. You think you know how you're going to react to a situation. You think, but when it comes right down to it, you don't. You don't. You just don't. Because how can when you're faced with trauma... You, there's just absolutely no way that you can predict how you or anybody else is going to react to it. No. And oftentimes you act differently 
when faced with a similar situation. Mm-hmm. And it- exactly. Depending on, I can be faced with traumatic situations from strangers that and stay completely and absolutely calm. But be faced with the same situation with somebody that I know or a family mm-hmm. member and be completely different. Yeah. So it's just, it's things like that. And there's people that get really angry and just people that, you know, and you have to understand and realize their reaction isn't, has nothing to do with you. It has nothing to do with you. It's just how they're able to get through that moment at that time. Exactly. And that's really a good lesson for everybody because when we go through difficult times, I know when it, it, for example, a death in the family or something, mm-hmm. people will judge how other people are reacting. And, and that's just never fair because like you said, everybody reacts differently and you just can't mm-hmm. judge. You don't know what's going on inside someone or how <laughs> they're moving, So, And I've seen other dispatchers do it to um, other dispatchers too. Yeah. Every, a lot of people do it. Yeah. What do you feel has been one or two of your greatest successes in life? And what did you learn from it? I say I'm really proud of the time I spent as a dispatcher. Um, It it was, I think it was a big accomplishment for me in the awards that I did win and the the citations from the chief that I got. I'm I'm really proud of all that. And the, honestly, becoming a thriller writer is just a, I'm really proud of the fact that I did that. Did you ever think you'd be a thriller writer? No, I honestly didn't because it's it was a goal and I was afraid to reach for it because it's such a hard genre. It's not it's cuz like when you write romance, you just you, you it's a lot easier. But when you write thrillers, it can go in any direction in any way, you can end it any way you want to. It, it's just so different and I was afraid I wasn't good enough to do it. And then you won an award for it, right? Yeah, yeah, I did. Uh, Crazy Love. I've actually been nominated for several. I was a finalist. Break My Bones was a finalist for a Roan Award last year. That's fantastic. Isn't that isn't that fantastic? Something that you were feeling so nervous about going for, and then you end up, yeah. you know, getting awards for it, and you find this new passion. Yeah, it's yeah, it is. It, it, I'm really proud of the fact that I was able to write, get into writing thrillers and psychological thrillers. I, I really am proud of that. Did you have to learn anything new in order to do that? I think I just had to grow as a writer, basically. Mm-hmm. I just had to grow as a writer and learn to roll with the punches, so to speak. And I sent something to the editor, my editor, and she says, you need to take this out to make this better. I take it out and she's right. It is better. Things like that. Because it's just a story. Yeah. I can always rewrite it. Yeah. Not to be so attached to, to my books that I can't change them. Take your ego out of it. Yeah. Yeah. Basically. What about a time that you had a really big obstacle or a big mistake? And what did you learn from it? It's along the same lines, I guess. The first thing that comes to mind is the first book that I wrote that I used to try and find a publisher. They gave me good feedback on the writing, but they told me the story was not right. That you're like, it's too dark for the for romance. You need to, you need to do something else with this. And then I realized after I got all the feedback I got, I had to sit down and make a hard decision. <laughs> and I decided I had to get rid. I had to scrap the whole book. That's right. And, yeah, and realized they were right, and I scrapped it, and I had to start all over. And I used the same characters, but I realized they were. I, I it's true what they said, 
And that's how the Friend Zone series was actually born. I used the same characters and ended up writing that series. Interesting. So you scrapped, the, you took their advice, scrapped the book, and you ended up creating something that turned into a successful series. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. Always, that's just, it's the mistakes, right? It's all about when you make mistakes, when you have those perceived failures, it's all about learning from them because that's where the success is born, right? Right. There. It's okay to be wrong, basically. I mean, you're on the right path. Sometimes you just got to start over. Yep. It's okay. Exactly. What do you think is key to having continued success through life? To be okay with, there's so many different things. To be okay with starting over, you know, to be okay with not being okay, you know, and and the fact that your other people's success does not mean you're a failure. A hundred percent. Your success is your success and you should not compare it to anybody else's. Applause. Yes. Mm -hmm. That is the key. And is there anything that you've done specifically like habits that you develop that help you be successful with your writing, be successful in what you do? I don't have any particular writing habits. I I do tend to, I tend to start them, start over and start over until I feel like I've got the story right. I, I think you just need to basically do what works for you. The whole, you don't have to listen to the masses basically the whole you have to write every day or you're gonna lose your edge or whatever no you don't have to don't force yourself because if you you write better that way then you know what you go right ahead but if you don't write better that way then don't because i sure don't i'm just gonna write absolute trash if i do that force myself to write i'm just gonna write a book that nobody's gonna want to read i'll do better if i let it sit for six months and not write a write, a, and then all of a sudden it'll come to me in three months. I'll have it done. You do what works for you, and don't worry about anybody else. You're so right. You are so right. It, there's all kinds of things that people tell us that we should be doing or need to be doing, but that does not negate mm-hmm. our own success because we all have different things that work for us. Exactly, because yeah. they do what works for them in their life, and they forget that. Their life isn't your life. Yeah. It, it's just not the pick same. And choose. Yep. Pick and yeah. choose. Learn all the different lessons and pick and choose the ones that work best for you in your life. Trial and error. <laughs> it's a lot mm-hmm. of trial and error, isn't it? Mm-hmm. What What is something that you've learned that throughout life that you feel has brought you the most benefit? To be okay in my own skin. Yeah. To be okay with who I am and just accept, accept it. And, and I'm okay with the fact that if if somebody's not okay with it mm-hmm. basically and i think some of that does come with age too because when you're in your 20s you want everybody to love you and everything and then you in your 30s you're working on you're in the middle of your family and everything but once you hit your 40s you get to that point where you're just like you know what whatever <laughs> <laughs> It's the best part of the 40s, if you ask me. It's it really is my favorite part. (laughs) That you know, I'm just not even worried about what you think anymore. (laughs) Something magical about it, I have to say. Amazing. (laughs) (laughs) And it is a key to success because you know what? I don't care what you have in your life. If you don't feel good about yourself, Mm -hmm. there's just no success. Yeah. It, I, I think that, yeah, it's a huge key right there is that I'm just really not concerned with what you think. 
<laughs> I'm going to do what I want to do anyway. Yeah, <laughs> so, it's going to be what it is. Exactly. <laughs> now, have you had any, it sounded like you might've had a little bit of a struggle finding that right next thing after you left the police dispatcher. I'm curious if you have any advice that you'd give someone who's in the 40 plus category who might be struggling to find their right next opportunity or the right next path in this pivotal moment that we're in. Yeah, I knew I had to stay in the same kind of family there because to start a new career altogether is not usually a good idea mm-hmm. at my age. But I was, because of what I did, I was so overqualified for everything I applied for. Because dispatch in other companies is usually a small and minor position, an administrative position. They don't want to pay you very much. And it was a really, I had a really difficult time. A really difficult find, time finding. Position. Normal too. This is something that a lot of people are experiencing. So yes, tell us how, what did you do? How did you get through this? What worked for you? God, it was, it took forever. It, it, it was more than a year actually, because I was struggling before, because I think I was struggling with the PTSD before the situation with mm-hmm. the school and this, this, the school shooting just actually cemented it. And it made me realize what I was going through. And it made me realize I absolutely had to get out. But I went through a couple of years where I was looking for a job off and on. And I would look and apply here and there. And I would be told, oh, you're great. We really, your skill set's just amazing. But you're overqualified, which is overqualified is basically just a sneaky way to say, we really think you'd be good at this job, but I don't want to pay you for it. They don't want to pay you for it because you make too much. That's basically what they're trying to tell you. Yes, it is. Yeah. And so it's just a matter of you have to be patient because you're one person in a field of how many of all these companies hunting. You just have to keep looking. You will find it when the time is right. Basically, you just have to keep looking and just don't stop. I I think I tweaked my resume a few times um, thinking, well, maybe if I change it here and there a little bit, I I just kept looking. And then I finally found the company where my, which is the lady I work for now. She interviewed me and she told me, because there were companies too that didn't want to hire me because they I've never worked in, in, in dispatch for air conditioning company. And even though it's the same general thing, it's not an emergency situation where people's lives are at stake, but I'm telling you when somebody in, you when you're in, when ta- and you're in taxes and the air conditioner goes out, they're upset. <laughs> they're, they're not happy <laughs> at all. And it's, and they consider it an emergency. So my ability to talk to people that are usually pretty on edge, I have that skill. So. Yes. It's an important skill in this yeah, moment. I, I have lost it. Yeah, I still have that. The interview <laughs> I, yeah, she, we were talking about it. And she's, if you could do that, I have no worries about you being able to do this. Yeah. And she saw me for what I could do. And she was the first. And yeah, I finally found something. That's great. So, and are you happy yeah. with what you've been doing? Yeah. Yeah, I actually do. We're in our actually really busy season right now because it just got hot this last month here it's been towards about 100 degrees and we went through like a whole year of covid and nobody we stayed open slow because of covid and everything and now it's just like insanely busy yeah it's a bit of a shock for everybody (laughs) 
Yeah, we're and now it's back to normal. And, yeah, uh, yeah, yep. it's, it's extremely busy season right now for us. But I work well under pressure, so yeah, I'm in my element. That's good. Good yeah. quality to have. So, Rachel, if people want to find mm-hmm. out more about your books, racheltomayowrites.com. Yes. racheltomayowrites.com. And I'll have that link in the show notes. Is there anywhere else that you would want people to go to find out more about you? You can Google me generally, and there's a lot of information, but that's probably the first best place. Um, okay, to find me. All right. And any other relevant links if you will have attached, but before we go, I'd love, I'd like to ask my, my final question, which is one of my favorites. What is it that you are sure of in life? I'm sure that you cannot be sure of anything. <laughs> yeah. You're the first one to give me that one. <laughs> and I agree with you. <laughs> it's, I, I love this question because I have a hard time thinking of, of my own answer. <laughs> Yeah, the first thing that came to my mind. Thank you so much for your time, Rachel. I really appreciate it. Is there anything I didn't ask you about that you'd like to share before we go? I don't think so, but let me just throw this out there. This month, I if you can subscribe for free to In Detail Magazine. It's a magazine for people that like to read, like to write for mm-hmm. free. And me and a co-author, Cynthia Austin, have written a dystopian suspense that's coming out this month in that magazine. The first installment will be out this month. So if you want to read it for absolutely free, just subscribe to In Detail Magazine. And again, you can go to my website and the directions will pop up how to subscribe to that. Great. Thank you so much for your time, Rachel. Thank you so much for having me. I loved talking with Rachel. I appreciate her sharing how tough becoming a 911 dispatcher was. I mean, any role dealing with moments of crisis must have the most grueling and psychologically taxing training to go through. I I personally can only imagine what that would be like. However, I would like to take a moment and thank any person currently working in a position that helps people in crisis. Thank you. Thank you for being there in that moment when someone is most needed. Thank you for choosing to be that person. This world would be a much more frightening place without you in it. Rachel shared how in the beginning, she would go home in tears, thinking that she would fail, that there was no way she'd be able to make it through. But this was important to her. She wanted to see it through, so she did not give up. She kept showing up day after day, putting one foot in front of the other, and because she did not give up, she made it through. And you can too. No matter what stressful, taxing, or psychologically draining situation you are dealing with in life, if the overlying outcome is important to you, do not give up. Keep going. Keep showing up, putting one foot in front of the other, and eventually you will make it through. Rachel went on to build a successful career as a 911 dispatcher, being a voice of calm for countless fearful souls and winning awards for her work. 
While she enjoyed her work, she kept thinking about the writing that she had always loved to do when she was younger. She had always written as a child and a young adult with the goal of being published, being formed at a young age. But then life happened, as it does. She got married, she had kids, and that goal was put on the shelf. How many of you can relate to that? What childhood dreams did you have that were put to the wayside because life got in the way? What is that thing that pulls at your heart with regret? Could you revisit it now? Rachel revisited that dream. In her late 30s, she decided to start writing again for fun, for herself. She found people online to help her hone her craft, and within a couple of years, she found herself realizing the dream of becoming a published author. She has now gone on to create multiple book series and is an award-winning novelist. She learned a lot through her journey as an author. Initially, Rachel was a romance novelist, but she had an interest in writing crime. It was a goal that she was afraid to reach for. She was afraid she wasn't going to be good enough to do it. But Rachel had learned how to push through the difficult goals. Going through that previous training and having gotten through the other side of something so difficult, Rachel knew she had to at least try. She set her goal, she made her effort, she rolled with the punches of change, learning how to let go of her ego in order to learn and become the best that she could be in a new genre. She even had to start an entire book over from scratch. She learned it's okay. She learned it is okay to start over again. And sometimes starting over is what puts you on exactly the right path. Once again, Rachel made it through, and once again, that difficult thing she was worried she would fail at, she succeeded and found herself winning an award. (laughs) Life is absolutely awesome if you just give yourself the chance. Rachel did not let her own inner negative voices stop her, and you should not either. This is your reminder that imposter syndrome is normal. Everyone experiences it. The negative voices are normal, but that does not make them right. When the voices start piping up in your head, the negative ones, simply acknowledge them with no judgment. Oh yes, there you are, imposter syndrome and then immediately replace those negative thoughts with its most positive opposite. Keep repeating the process. I have to give Rachel props for leaving her role as a 911 dispatcher when she noticed the symptoms of PTSD. Too often, we stay in a situation that is not good for us just because it's familiar and it's, let's face it, it's hard to make a change. Thankfully, Rachel listened to the voice inside. 
She did not push it aside. She did not shove down the feeling. She honored her intuition. And in doing so, she protected her mental health. Rachel gave us another important reminder that other people's success does not mean you are a failure. Your success is your success and you cannot compare yourself to anyone else. Comparing yourself to others is a fool's game and it will steal your joy. The only person to compare yourself to is the person that you were yesterday. Also, stay away from thinking about where you think you should be. When we look towards the future and think, I should have accomplished this by now. I should have done that by now. This will also steal your joy. Again, instead look towards the past. How have you grown in the past month? How much have you grown in the past year, in the past few years? How much have you learned? This is your measurement for growth. Your focus needs to be on what works best for you and don't worry about anyone else. To be okay in your own skin, it is the greatest gift you can give yourself. Let go of your self-judgment. Release any personal negative thoughts and forgive yourself of your past mistakes. You have needed every experience in your life to bring you to this moment. Every experience has provided you with learning and growth. Your imperfections are what makes you perfect. You are a holy, unique, unrepeatable soul and it is time to embrace your strengths. Remind yourself, that you get to write your own future. Live in the possibility that is you and become your own best friend. We all need to be the best example of what it looks like to love yourself. So step into your greatness and allow your light to shine. Do not dim your light in fear of others' perceptions. For when you allow your light to shine brightly, you give permission for others to do the same. And that is my wish for us all, that you no longer shrink to fit the expectations and judgments of others and instead step into the light that is you, owning your worth, owning your greatness, and owning the love and the joy that you all deserve. Until next time. Thank you for joining us on Fresh Blood. Please subscribe and follow us on all streaming services, including Apple Podcasts, Amazon, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Player FM. You can also follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Fresh Blood Podcast. I would love your help in spreading these stories and important messages. Please give us a like and share with a friend. Your help is greatly appreciated. I hope you make today a most fulfilling day.